I'm Kayla Stanley, and you're listening to the English Sabbath School Podcast, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello, dear friends. I'm Mo Saina for the English Sabbath School Podcast. Lesson 9. Lesson 9 for Tuesday, November 28th. Today's title, Witnessing to the Learned, Nicodemus. Interesting, because Sunday and Monday we had just the name of the Bible character, Nebuchadnezzar and Naaman. Now here they give an introduction, witnessing to the learned, Nicodemus. But first, shall we pray? Oh, Father, thank you so much for the good night of rest. Thank you for the week we are having. We are already coming to the end of another month. November is almost over, but we surrender our lives to you, Father. Help us to be your witnesses and share the good news of salvation without prejudice, but in a simple and humble way. Oh, Father, place people in our path that are willing to accept your gift of salvation and may we lead them to Jesus, not to convert them to this or that denomination, but to lead them to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. People need the Lord. And we need you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be studying about Nicodemus. I like this name, Nicodemus. And the lesson starts. Nicodemus was a learned man. Very well educated. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marcos, pay attention. Because the idea of educated in English is a little different from the one in Portuguese. In Portuguese, it can mean educated from books, uh, has an education from school, and educated that is very polite, had a good upbringing from home, for example. Um, in English, usually it's about schooling, about education from books. So, went to school, went to university, he was educated. And in Brazil, we say a person who has um, good manners, a polite person. We also say that the person is educado. But these are differences of translation. Just an observation. So, to avoid this educated thing, they, they chose was a learned man. He had studied a lot. He had learned a lot, right? I like this expression. He was a learned man. The Bible describes him as a ruler of the Jews. Yes. Jesus referred to him as a teacher of Israel. Yes. He had a good understanding of the Bible and had a spiritual hunger for the Lord. Yes and yes. From a human perspective, he may have looked as though he were a follower of God. He kept all the commandments and he was a respected leader among the Jews. He was powerful and wealthy. Many looked at these as signs that God had blessed him. Nevertheless, it turns out that the surface appearances were only that. Surface appearances. Ooh. So let us open our Bibles. Come on, move it. Don't leave me reading by myself. Come on. I am totally against this passivity. Oh, teacher, do everything for us. Come on, open our Bibles. Move it. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version, but please feel free to use any translation that you prefer. The subtitle, Jesus Teaches Nicodemus. Now, there was a Pharisee, a, named, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who was, has come from God, 
for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of heaven, of God, unless they are born again. Nicodemus asked, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus asked, How can this be? said Jesus. Jesus said, You are Israel's teacher, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Wow, isn't it amazing? So, the question is, what does this story reveal about Nicodemus's spiritual needs and how Jesus addressed them right away? Yeah, Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He, was, he went straight to the point. He didn't pad out the information. No, 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 no. And quite interestingly, this morning I was checking the word Pharisee. Uh, I was preparing the sermon, uh, uh, preparing a sermon on Luke chapter 14, and I was looking about the meaning of the word Pharisee, and uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and um, basically then a, a Pharisee was a member of a very ancient Jewish sect, um, and it, this sect was distinguished by strict ob observance of the traditional and written law and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity, to be holier than thou. So nowadays the idea of Pharisee, and Jesus gave this concept as well, of a self-righteous person, a hypocrite, right? And uh, interestingly, uh, the Pharisees are mentioned only by Josephus and in the New Testament. Unlike the Sadducees who tried to apply Mosaic law strictly, the Pharisees allowed some freedom of interpretation. Although uh, in the Gospels they are represented as the chief opponents of Jesus, they seem to have been less hostile than the Sadducees to the nascent church, with which they shared belief in the resurrection, because the Sadducees didn't. Um, and so uh, this uh, word Pharisee comes from Old English, Phariseus, uh, via Ecclesiastical Latin from Greek, Greek Pharisaios, from Aramaico, Prisaia, the meaning the separated ones, related to Hebrew, parus, uh, separated, right? So it's quite interesting, this aspect. So a Pharisee was a person that called himself, I'm one that is separated from the rest of these people. <laughs> Talk about arrogance, right? Yeah, so that's why you had to be rich, right? To be part of this group there. Well, but the lesson continues. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he tried to maintain a facade, the status quo, the status quo. But God knew his heart. Similarly, God knows the hearts and needs of all the rich and powerful, whatever their background. 
Nicodemus came to Jesus because Jesus' teachings had convicted him. His pride kept him from openly confessing Jesus, as, Jesus Christ as Lord, but that night changed him forever. Even after his conviction that Jesus was sent of God, he still did not openly acknowledge that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. So we can see some things more about uh, Jesus in uh, and Nicodemus from the following text. So we read John chapter 3. Now let us go to John chapter 7, verses 43 through 52. John 7, 43-52. Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus had gone to Jesus earlier and was one of their own number, asked. Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Interesting, isn't it? And John 19:39. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. They are quite heavy, the amount of. So, what do these texts tell us about Nicodemus and Jesus? We can see here in these verses that Nicodemus had obviously been greatly impacted by Jesus. He sought to protect, protect him when Jesus was alive and went to honor Jesus after Jesus was dead. No question, Jesus had reached Nicodemus, who, even in his vaunted knowledge and wisdom, had a great need of the Savior, as we all do. Final question, why must we be careful of the trap of thinking that because we have the truth, which we do, <laughs> focus more, then the knowledge of this truth alone is enough to save us, No knowledge is enough to save us, my friends. No knowledge. How many souls will be lost who had more than enough knowledge, even of the three angels' messages, to be saved? Yes. Just knowledge cannot save you. You need to experience it. You need to accept the grace of salvation that is offered to you freely. And as long as you think that you have to do something to earn salvation, you are losing it. Let it go and accept the free gift of God. Wow, fantastic lesson today. Even though it's difficult to learn about reaching the wealthy and powerful, huh? but it's difficult to put into practice. I'm telling you, the, the intellectual idea, okay, but the practical terms, oh, it's difficult. Well, I am Mo Sena, Moacir Sena, and thank you so much, my friends, for taking the time to listen for us. This is Lesson 9 for Tuesday. November 28th. For more information, please get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, join our groups on uh, WhatsApp and Telegram and tell your friends about it. And please, pretty please, rate us with five stars so that more people may discover us. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing, and for praying. 
with us and for us. We are uh, recording these Bible study guides so that we together can learn, can grow in a spiritual journey until Jesus comes, when we will see him face to face. Until then, keep on listening, keep on sharing. Have a wonderful day, my friends.